I think it was definitely the harnessing of what my experience kind of started to come to full fruition in terms of how I was changing in my own light, how each destination changed me in terms of my own perspective and where I could kind of go from there and what I could do with it, aside from writing from it and speaking poetry and running and doing all that good stuff that brings me a lot of joy and passion. But I think the true light of the experience really came from when I was furthest from home, which is Mumbai, India. I spoke last episode, Bud Talks, Travel Bud 3, episode 355. I was speaking about the experience leaving Santorini and arriving to Istanbul, Turkey. I had a little boy who was admiring me as the first American he had met. And a young man from France, I believe, or uh, maybe he was from Spain, actually, questioning what I was doing traveling as a writer. And also who I had left out of that story, of that journey from Istanbul, or excuse me, from Santorini to Istanbul was another young lady who was a doctor who was coming from Dubai. She was telling me about how Dubai is very expensive and I was kind of on the cusp of going to Dubai, whether it be on my way back from Turkey. After I'd kind of gotten stuck in Turkey with visa issues trying to get into India. Nonetheless, I'd made it into India and immediately felt the difference. Not only was it the heat, it was the people. I mean, the culture shock, as expected, of course. But I believe they were likely as culture shocked with me as I were with them. Me being tall, dark, and handsome with dreads, of course, they've never seen a lot of them, the millions of them the tens of millions of them have never seen a Negro like me. I mean, that's in the same manner as I've rarely have seen Indians who look like them. And out of respect for Native Americans, I will probably never call a Native American an Indian. Nonetheless, India was the one place where the eyes were emboldened on me because I got stared at more than anything. Almost at every checkpoint, my passport was questioned at the airport. At every checkpoint, I was stared at by a new group of people. And once I left the airport, I immediately started to sweat. And of course, I was starting to embrace this all eyes on me. Any foreigner probably arriving into India would probably get this. And I, I actually Googled this, of course. The curious mind of mine wanted to know, is it normal that people want pictures, selfies with tourists in India? And it is pretty normal. The level of attention I got in Mumbai increased every day. Now, at one point I was had this egoic goal of maybe I'll get one selfie with the local a day. I lost count after the day I went to the Gateway of India, which is in South Mumbai. And it was almost as if a celebrity, me, myself, had entered this tourist area, you know, once you pass the security and the metal detector. You know, of course, all the people who are selling you stuff, 
photos and souvenirs. Once you get past that part, you get to the locals who are there just hanging out and, you know, they want to take photos with you and of you without your permission. And it, it's kind of weird. You kind of get a sense of understanding of why some celebrities get frustrated at this idea of paparazzi's taking pictures of them and asking them questions when they really just want to be exploring with their family. Of course, I was by myself, so this was far from the case. And I'm not a celebrity. However, this is probably the closest to the point where I can say I get it. It was very uncomfortable at moments when I would have to almost become an asshole and say, no, I don't want to take a picture with you because I've taken enough and my smiles can only go so far to the point where they're just not genuine smiles. Get your fucking camera out of my face. It literally got to that point. And of course, I'd seen other tourists and there were very few tourists I've seen, by the way, very few. I can probably count on my hand that I know of, aside from obviously tourists who may have been from New Delhi or maybe they were Asian. I, I couldn't really tell the difference because I was kind of had to I, I had to focus on myself in this sense. Of course, I was by myself and having to look out for not just the people who want to take pictures with me and of me without my permission. They were street hustlers. And of, of course, I'm not really paying too much attention of what's going on too far around me other than what's in front of me. And at the same time, I'm sweating bullets. I'm hot. So aside from that, I, I look and feel and am watering apart. So I stayed in the Gregorian, Gorgon, excuse me, colony or airy colony in, I believe it's north, it's actually north of Mumbai. It's the greenest area of Mumbai. Mumbai is very, there's a lot of buildings, there's a lot of downtown looking areas. And Gorgon is a suburb with, you know, villages. And if you go to my Terrell JPK Instagram account and go to Mumbai, you'll see the area I was living in. I was actually on a high rise, which was quite nice. Had a very nice view of Airy Colony, which is kind of the jungle area of the Airy Colony. Like I mentioned, it's, it's very green. And the humidity is a little bit less there, although it's still hot. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is probably the hottest climate I had ever been in and ran in very hot runs the first night I got there I met my Airbnb host we ordered dinner and I had fingers <laughs> and, uh, fingers I had dinner with my five fingers and he had mentioned the meaning behind that which is the five pillars of life air the rock, the water, fire, and space. And it creates a connection between the energy you put into your body and obviously the energy that ignites. And I believe the thumb is the actual fire aspect of it. And it kind of ignites the space. It ignites the water. It ignites the rock. And it ignites the... I think I'm forgetting one I just said, but either way, those are the five. Fire the five, free the five. 
India was the furthest place I had been from Oregon. My original plan was to go to Sri Lanka or go back to Dubai because it's like I mentioned in my last podcast, I didn't know where I was going to go from Turkey after my visa kept getting denied or rejected because of technical reasons. One of the beaches I went to in Mumbai was um, Juhu Beach, which was another place where a lot of kids hang out and I got a good picture with some kids who came up to me almost immediately and wanted to take a photo. There are other beaches in the area that I had explored. And one of the essential things that going kind of going back to my last podcast, I was speaking about the energy that I had somewhat harnessed in terms of my experience kind of just cultivating itself on a day-to-day basis. And I started to embrace that as if I was changing, I was evolving as an individual because I knew I was right where I wanted to be. I was walking in steps that I dreamed of. And as I kind of grew confidence in being alone, Istanbul being the first place where I kind of felt that loneliness aspect, I really had to harness in on a different type of energy because otherwise if I didn't, then it almost be an aspect of suffering in that I'm alone and I don't know anyone here. Like I mentioned in early, like I mentioned earlier, you know, if something tragic happens while I'm here, I have to kind of jet out in the next couple days but the energy that I had to shift that loneliness to was my inner energy some people refer to it as the life force of yourself or your swag or your sauce it's more so I guess in eastern philosophy described as your chi and as people would kind of be gravitated towards me at these beaches from Juhu Beach to the Gateway of India. Um, I walked Marine Drive, actually ran Marine Drive in Mumbai, India, and just kind of had to feel that all eyes on me aspect and that, okay, for one, I'm not alone here for sure. Although I don't know anyone, don't speak Hindi. I'm definitely not alone, but there's an energy that's being drawn to me, not only because I'm a foreigner, tall, dark, and handsome. They don't know if I'm African, French, uh, British. Rarely did anyone ever assume I was American. But the energy that I was attracting had to be placed somewhere for me because as I was changing, so was the energy outside of me changing. So that was me honing in on my chi. And my most powerful meditations came from my time in Mumbai, India, meditating over Airy Colony, which is the, like I mentioned, the greenest part of Mumbai. And I know that carried over to places such as Thailand, where I went next, but it was definitely a rare 
evolving practice for me to meditate to 108 beats and see trees kind of start to swirl as they did in Istanbul with the buildings. And it was quite magical for me because as I would listen to my inner self and inner body, I would embrace the heat as well as my ceiling fan would be blowing air across my skin. And this experience is very rare because I couldn't have created it anywhere else. The opening of my Airbnb had, it was gated, but there was, the, the only window was a large opening. I was, I believe I was on 15 floors. However, the building was on an elevation. So I was, I guess you can say more than 15 floors up. So I looked over the entire airy colony, plus the, I guess you would call this Thane, um, what is that area, Mulan West, or the, I'm actually looking at a map right here, trying to remind myself what these areas were called, but Bond up. I hate trying to pronounce these places and it just sound so stupid. But I believe it's also Navi. India was very, or excuse me, Mumbai had a, Mumbai like, in, like Egypt, like Cairo was very busy. A lot of people, a, very, a lot of people. I mean, crossing streets, um, saw a lot of, obviously impoverished areas and just people, street beggars. And I mean, that's starting to be more common here in America to a certain degree, but not as bad as India. Uh, the beaches are quite different, I would say. Like I mentioned, I went to Juhu Beach, uh, checked out Versova Beach. Couldn't quite stay at these beaches for too long because it was too hot. And another thing, like I mentioned, you know, every time I left the house, it was basically a, I had to prepare not only for the sweatings and I had to prepare for kind of people. I had to prepare myself to be around the energy of other people's curiosity because a lot of people didn't speak English. It's definitely a class system going on there in terms of not just skin color, but the idea of you know, if you do speak English, then you were probably well-educated and well-off. But the beaches are quite different in terms of, I mean, there's a lot more hangout areas, I guess. Because being from Oregon, I don't see that. Obviously, in California and other places, maybe on the East Coast, you see that a lot more often. But in Oregon, the even a lot more culture shocked in terms of going to a beach. And right now, I think I believe it's the rain season. So I went at the hottest time of the year, right when there's a lot of moisture or whatnot. I remember what, like I mentioned my, my runs. I ran through villages. I ran through, I went down to the Marine Drive. They have a Marine Drive, which where you can see the sunset. And I remember seeing so many people once I got there and cricket is a very popular game down there. If you're familiar with cricket, it's like 
baseball, but nothing like baseball. I saw, if not tens of thousands of people, I mean, just so many people. And my plan was to catch a Uber there and run. And the Marine Drive was quite crowded and I had to run anyway because there was no way I was going to go back without a run. I had to pee really bad and end up peeing on the street. Didn't really quite look apart anyway, but. I think I would go back to Mumbai. I stayed right by what they would call Hollywood, Bollywood, Studio City. I think that's what it's called, Studio City. Where all the Bollywood stars, or the I guess they do a lot of filming in the area. Quite interesting place. A lot of temples. I went to Vasana Temple which is north of Mumbai. Saw a very, a lot of meditators. Actually, I don't think they meditate too much, but global persona, pagoda. That's what it's called, the pagoda. Very nice building, very nice building. I think Mumbai was the only place I'd got a really bad food poisoning or Mess up stomach. I ate a lot of spicy curries and breads, rice, fish, goat, chicken, beef. The food was, I actually did like the food. And I remember for about a week, maybe the, maybe about five days, my stomach was not liking the spices, but I had to kind of get used to it because it was pretty much all I could eat. It took me, honestly, it took me about, I was there for 30 days. It took me two weeks to get used to just walking outside. So I was ordering food for the first two weeks and just having them bring it up. And I would, whenever I did leave, I would take an Uber or tuk-tuk into the city and do exploring from there. But after the, I never stayed outside, not for the reasons I've already said, but most of the time I was in my room writing and meditating and, or I found a gym too. I was working out right down the street from my, actually it was right at the bottom of the hill. It was about a 10 minute walk to my gym from the, from the room. They have a Donda village. I think I would go back to Mumbai. I was telling myself it was one place I wouldn't go back to just because of the chaos, kind of like Cairo. You know, you get a lot of historical and philosophical references in terms of what things are with the mosque, not the mosque, but the temples. Very chaotic. And, you know, the people mean well with them wanting pictures of you and them wanting to do or just they're just curious they're, they're really nice people I don't think they mean harm one of the last things I did was go to Elephant Island which is an island off of South Mumbai and there's villages there I didn't quite see too many villages but um, saw a lot of monkeys they still 
One last thing I will mention about Mumbai are, I didn't even know this until I left, is that they have a lot of eagles. They have a lot of birds. So where I was staying, there was a lot of green. And I remember waking up to not only pigeons, but they also had, I believe, hawks, eagles, pigeons, and birds that would make certain noises that I've never heard. And if you go back to the two or three podcasts I, I recorded while there, you will hear those birds. And that was like my white noise, meditating, writing, and doing whatever. It's quite interesting. Very, very interesting. It was still hot. It was hot. But with the birds, I harnessed my chi, my energy, my energy of me. One, uh, I lied. I'm actually going to mention one last thing. So, like I said before, two months of this entire trip before leaving from Portland to Puerto Rico, I'd only had about two months of this trip planned out, two of the five months planned out. And after I arrived to Istanbul, I canceled Martin and Georgia. I canceled those trips and said I would just kind of go with the flow. And it wasn't really a mistake to kind of go with the flow, but rather kind of see what my inner soul wants to kind of do next. And I guess that is a, is a form of going with the flow. However, when you go with the flow, you get caught up in other people's bullshit, which is a mistake I've made in Thailand. Now, I don't regret any of this because this was all an experience for the better. And the unfolding of Travel Bud. What I will say about the reason why I went to Thailand is because when I was leaving Turkey for India, they wouldn't let me get on the flight unless I had a departure out of India. So the flight or the gate agent was like, if you just book a one-way ticket to Phuket, then you can get on this flight. So right then and there, he told me to step aside and book a ticket to Phuket. And that's exactly what I did. I booked a one-way ticket to Phuket. And I was going to cancel it, but I was like, why not just have one last vacation on the flow before I go back to America? And the entire month of April, when I was in Mumbai, I was kind of going back and forth about canceling that ticket or going back to Turkey because I really liked Turkey. Like I said, I didn't do any tourist stuff in Istanbul. And this was my opportunity to do that. But as time went on, I started to look at, you know, what the requirements were and, you know, having to deal with all these requirements between COVID and their, you know, I don't know, sandbox or test and go requirement. There's a whole bunch of COVID things that Thailand requires tourists to do before they fly there. And that was one of the things that I didn't want to deal with because I'd already deal with a lot of shit with other countries and that 
kind of overwhelmment of what do I have to do to not feel so guilty about traveling to another country so freely as me and given my odd energy that I carry that's kind of cultivating and evolving with me it was kind of the only choice I had so I said you know I would just go with the flow but you know when you go with the flow like I said you kind of get caught up in other people's bullshit in that I will likely never do that again because when you have harnessed that kind of energy within yourself you have to learn to be the flow and not go with the flow but that's a conversation I would discuss of my time in Phuket, Thailand because for now this is Bud Talks Podcast episode 356 good morning, good evening, good night bye bye